Welcome to your VIDHS. And now, your host, Ryan Nugent. Hello, and welcome to your VIDHS. I'm your host, Ryan Nugent, and this is a podcast brought to you by the Virgin Islands Department of Human Services, where we will share many important things happening in our department on behalf of you, the people of the Virgin Islands, to keep you informed. Today, we are discussing the USVI SNAP program with the Division of Family Assistance, and we will be joined by Administrator Natalie Bailey and Issuance Supervisor Esteban Christian as we go over a few things about the program that a lot of people need to be informed on. Um, Thank you for spending your time with us today, Administrator Bailey. Can you at a high level just break it down for us? What is the SNAP program? SNAP program is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It's an awesome program where it's also federally funded and we provide assistance to needy families and that is nutrition assistance to needy families. We have approximately 25,000 persons that are on the SNAP program, and that would translate to at least 13,000 households. Mm. So yearly, we, we would provide 40 to $50 million in the community in benefits. Then that's benefits that they receive through their electronic benefit yes. transfer card. Yes, and the benefits are loaded on their electronic benefit transfer card on the first of every month. Let me ask you a little bit about what types of families do you see that come into you every day and ask for this service? Okay, we have, we see many different types of families. We have also persons who are disabled, persons who are single families. We see single dads also. We have two-parent households. So we, we see homeless, persons who are also homeless. Yes. So, uh, food and nutrition is so important to our community, mm-hmm. especially in ways of avoiding food insecurity and, and, and making it accessible for everyone. But when we think about SNAP, we also don't look at the underpinnings of how it may affect our economy as a whole. Does mm-hmm. SNAP have a, an impact on the way we do goods and businesses here in the Virgin Islands? Does it impact our economy? Oh, yes, it impacts our economy because, as I mentioned before, we issue approximately 40 to $50 million a year. And those benefits, people can use their benefits to purchase food at the various grocery stores, as well as the grocery stores will need persons also to be employed. So so we we do a lot here in the community as a result of us issuing benefits, not benefits. Let's talk about... <clears throat> income eligibility mm-hmm. for a family of three to four. What does that look like? Um, who, who becomes eligible? It's based off of a formula, I assume. Yes, and we receive that formula from the Food and Nutritious Food and Nutrition Service. Yeah. Um, and we call it FNS, or you could say the federal government. They, they give us that formula. And with, with that formula, generally we look at income. Right. We also look at your family size. And we also look at your expenses. Mm-hmm. And after we, we look at all of that, then we make a determination as to whether you're eligible for the program or not. You guys also do uh, a lot of things for seniors too, right? They can, if they're 60 years or older, they can also become eligible for certain benefits yes. under? Yes. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, let me talk to you about our income 
guidelines. And um, as you mentioned earlier, for a family of three, let's start there. So let's say for a family of three, you would have to have your income limit would be at least $3,626 for a regular household, as well as for, let's say for, for seniors, yes. six year older or persons who are disabled, they they would have at least four, have to have four thousand one hundred and forty four dollars. Their income limit would also be that. Yes. So then, the maximum limit that you could receive that you not necessarily you're gonna get the nine hundred and eighty five dollars, but that's the, the the maximum that you would be able to get for yes. a family household of of three. This comes at, at a time where so many families are you know not doing too well. Uh, especially here in our community, and information like this can at least let them set the bounds on how they can seek assistance. I know that sometimes those thresholds cover people who are outside the bounds but still struggling at home, you know, um, middle-income people or people that may be just above the bracket. There was, just, there was a recent cost-of-living adjustment increase. Um, can you tell us what took place in the beginning of October? Okay, so in the beginning of October, the federal government allowed for us to be able to increase the number of benefits that our clients um, are able to receive. But that is based on the COLA, we call it COLA, but it's the cost of living adjustment. And what they do is they look at inflation and they also look at the, the food prices to determine whether clients will be able to receive an increase. So luckily, the COLA was increased, mm -hmm. and as a result of that, our clients were able to, to get an increase in their benefits. That sounds like some good news, so yes, at least not. widen the pool a little bit of people availability yes, for people on. to get food assistance. Yes, and on, uh, on October 1st, yes. That's that great. That's, that's Well, shout out to you and your staff, for pull, and because I know some hard work has to go into applying for that, um, negotiating with federal partners mm -hmm. on whether that bracket is good enough or, you know, <laughs> they accept those terms. So I would think that's a great accomplishment oh, on yes. behalf of you and your staff. And um, our clients are very happy. Well, that's they're good able, for the people. They're able to go to the grocery stores and be able to purchase more. Yeah, let me tell you something. How, I have to ask, how difficult is it to apply for SNAP? Actually, it's not hard at all. Okay. The process is fairly easy to apply for the SNAP program. And I'm working with my staff to be able to continue to make the process easier. So one, some, there are several ways that you can actually apply for the SNAP program. The first one is you can come into our offices and you can get a, obtain an application, fill it out, and turn it in. Right. Also, you can also download our application on our DHS website. And you can email that application back to us. You can also, if you're not able to get that application off the website, you can also call our offices. And we can email that application to you. We can also fax the application to you. And also, if you're still having issues getting the application, we just ask you to reach out to us. And right. we'll, we'll work with you to get that application. Uh, so it's not that difficult at all. No, it's not that yeah, difficult that's like, at That's all. excellent. Um, are there ways that... A constituent can help make the application process a little easier than what it is? Yes, they can. And one of the things I just want to also add in speaking about the application process, again, clients can return those applications to us the same, in, the, in the same manner that I talked about. Right. You can fax it back to us, you can email your application back to us, or you can bring it into us. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to add that also. But yes. It, it, it um, in terms of the application process, um, 
Um, can you go back again and, and ask me yeah, that question? Yeah, as far as, you know, sure. when the applications come mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. it, sometimes you can do something to expedite it or yes. help you guys. Yes. So. And, you know, if I'm trying to get through the process faster, I'm going to take whatever available option is there. I was just wondering, is there something that somebody could do to speed it up? Yes. One of the first things, and again, like I mentioned, we want to make this process easy for our clients. So one of the things we want you to do is to make sure that you sign your application. Right. Because that is a major requirement that we have. So if you don't sign your application, it slows the process down. And we all, that means we have to call you back, mm -hmm. ask you to come back in and sign it. We also want you to provide contact information, updated contact information so that we can be able to reach you, so that when we're processing the application, if we have any questions, right. we can just call you over the phone. And we don't have to use the mail to mail you the documents. And it, it, like I said, it slows the process down. So right. we need you to have your your information correct as also in completing your application we're also requesting that if you have any information like if your proof of identity right. um, any medical costs any income and, and which is if, if you don't have it it's okay we, we still turn your application in but that makes it easier if you can provide the necessary information so we can process the application that's very sound and good advice and it seems like there's tons of ways that you can get the application process filled if you really need it but but, but let's look at a scenario where you might not be able to um, mm -hmm. what if there's an applicant who may not be able to physically come to the office or, or complete the application are there any methods that you guys Yes, there is there is that where you we call an authorized representative. Okay. Okay, and with the authorized representative, it should be someone that the applicant or client knows so that they can act on your on your behalf. That authorized representative would need to provide us with proof of identity. Right. So that you could be able to speak on that person's behalf mm -hmm. or pick up their um shop um when you get the the EBT card to yes. be able to shop on their behalf. Yes, you know, and or you and utilize the EBT card. Also. EBT card, that electronic benefit transfer card. Because back in the day, we called it food stamps. Yes. So like, it, it, we're we're modernizing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so let's discuss. Once an applicant becomes eligible, we we don't call it food stamps anymore. But no, how will they know that? Um, how will a snap? benefit recipient know they've received the benefits it comes on the readout of this card you're saying yes so break it down for, for people and, who and i have with me mr esteban christian welcome who is our issuance ebt supervisor who's going to share some more information with you on that process so once an applicant is approved the applicant would visit our issuance office where we would issue them the card mm -hmm. the card is issued once identity is verified yes um, we would educate the client and the do's and don'ts of the card, explain to them how to pin the card, and once the funds are on, they have their funds available. What are some of the do's and don'ts? Don't share your card with people out there on the streets or something like that? Yes. We okay. let them know that the card is like a debit card. Yes. Their secret number to pin, it's something that's private. It should be kept solely for them. Mm -hmm. If by chance they write their pin on the sleeves of the card that we give them yes it's a no-no because if the cards are used yeah. because of them putting their pins on their card we don't replace those benefits 
that's so we ex, urge yeah. and we stress that to do not share your pain. What about um, being able to know? A lot of times, uh, is there a way, a hotline or something they can call to find out like how much money is actually on it every time they use it? Yes, we actually have different um, ways where they can check their balance. They can call the customer service number, which is on the back of the card. The number is one 884 2868 There's also an app, which is called the EBT Edge. It's an app where they can see their balance, their transactions, their deposits. That's another form. They can also contact us here at DHS, where we would give them the information based on once we can verify their identity. They can call our office, and we would assist them once identity is verified. What, 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 what I want y'all, you to break it down for our audience because a lot of people get confused sometimes about what they can and what they cannot buy using your EBT card. So, so break it for me. What can you buy using your EBT card? Okay, you can buy food and beverages, but things that are not prepared. For example, you can go to the supermarket, you buy your bread, your cheese, your ham. You fix it, that's acceptable, but you cannot go to a store and buy a prepared sandwich or a rotisserie chicken, mm. something of that sort. My partner tell me he could fix my Buick if I bought him something from the store using my EBT card. Is that allowed? That is not allowed. Okay, good. You also cannot change food stamp for cash. Um, if, for example... That's illegal. Go, yeah, it is. Okay. And it is a federal offense. Good to know. For example, if you go to the store there's an error with your transaction, you want to refund, return something, you cannot be given cash. Yes. The monies have and must be reverted to the EBT card. Okay. Uh, must be used for food, um, alcohol and tobacco? No, alcohol and no tobacco. Okay, Absolutely no. no. Okay, good. And I would like to add in addition to that, mm -hmm. I know we have our, we love our little pets, our little fur. Flurry, furry animals, it's absolutely a no. I mean, I know we have it as our family, but you cannot buy pet food mm. with your EBT card. I did not know that. You can't buy Rufus a little dog food with it, eh? No. My God. Wow. Okay. That's, that's even better to know. I did not know that. Let's talk about the modern technology already assigned to it um, because, you know, it's not food stamps anymore. We can check it. We can check. Can, are there any... Um, iOS devices or mobile devices that, that are susceptible to getting messages from you guys on certain uh, details? For instance, like uh, for your balance, that can be checked off of any mobile phone. Okay, yes, it can. And also, like I stated before, we have the EBT Edge app. Right. Um, your notifications, based on how you set up your notifications, it can be used with iPhone and Android. Okay, good. It can. Once you set up your notifications, you could get alerts on when you get deposits, if transactions are made on your card, all of that can be done through the ABT Edge app. Okay, I got two, two quick questions about when you use your balance, is that rolled over to the next month? Okay, yes. So, so if, if I have 250 bucks in there and I don't spend it, will there be 200? Yes, there's okay. absolutely no need for you to use all your benefits at one time. The benefits do ro roll over. But in addition to that, I would like to say that you don't have to use it, but you can be a long period of time without using your card mm -hmm. because if six months pass, your account will go dormant. Excellent. Okay. That's true. That's, that's, I'm hearing a little bit about people misusing their EBT cards a lot. It's, and it's, is that normally happen, happening? 
it it happens. Okay. It happens. Um, you cannot exchange your food stamp for cash. It's food stamp. Your EBT card is simply to purchase beverages and foods, and that's basically what it should be used for. Right. Like I stated before, it is a federal offense, and there could be consequences based on your actions if you're found um, using your card in a way that it shouldn't. Um, and it can be. It can also cause you to be. Um, taken off of the program if right. you are found using your card yeah. in a way you should and you don't want that yes. you know you want to abide by it I want to um, talk about existing clients a little bit um, because one of the things that we get a lot over on our side is calls from people who get this um, these reminders to renew and it really it's very important that they do this and I want you to explain a little bit to um, those clients um, why did we make such a big deal with the communication rotation about the need to renew? Yes, the need to renew is, is very important and it's also a requirement in order to complete, to receive benefits. So previously during the pandemic, we had received a lot of waivers at that time and people had gotten accustomed to not having to renew their benefits. Right. But now that the pandemic, in an endemic at this point, we are now required to do renewals. Right. So that's a very important part. And as, as you mentioned, we've been reaching out to clients to let them know it's time. So usually 45, 45 to 60 days. 45 to 60 days. Yeah, we send notifications out. We do press releases as well as we mail you your recertification packages. So it's important that clients return those packages because we don't want them to miss out on receiving their benefits. Yes. And it's also a requirement. So if these packages don't come in in time, then we're unable, the client's benefits can be delayed. Yes. And it's, as I mentioned, it's a requirement. Renewals are very important. Yeah, renewals are absolutely <coughs> important. And um, a little bit more about that. Um, if you have a question about your renewal date, but you're not certain, you know, when it actually is, how, who can you turn to? Who, what can you? Who can provide that information? You, for you can call our offices at any point if a client is not sure when they're supposed to renew. You can call our offices at any point, and one of our workers will be able to provide that information for how you. How about if I renew? Mm -hmm. What is the time period that I should normally? wait for my next renewal period is it a year typically well it depends um on on if what um the renewal process it depends because we do have some that are six months and then we have some renewal processes that are about um, a year depending for especially for like the elderly and disabled is generally like a, a year mm-hmm Time frame. So it's usually an annual period. So mm -hmm. they, not, they, not an annual, but for certain persons. But for certain persons. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's 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 fine. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's a lot of myths when it comes to the SNAP program, and I want you and Esteban really to take the opportunity to dispel some of those here while we have this platform. What are some of the myths um, that we hear when it comes to SNAP? Yes, there are a lot of myths, and the first one is that it's difficult in, to get SNAP or to, to reach us or to be able to apply for SNAP. Okay. It, it's, as I mentioned earlier, it's an easy process. Once you provide the information that we request, once you contact us and stay in touch with us, that process is generally very easy. Yes, that, that's, that, that's good. Um, well, finally, I know that um, some people, uh, when they 
talk about SNAP. Um, they, they talk about being able to, well, as far as people in charge, mm -hmm. this is a, a program that's geared towards combating hunger. Yes. Do you, when you're in your personal life, uh, well, not personal life, but when you're up here, do you encounter those folks on a day-to-day -day basis? Who are we helping? We are helping persons, first of all, who are low income mm -hmm. and who desperately need to have food in order to provide good nutrition for their families. So we also are dealing with persons who are working also. Because yes. sometimes, and I should also, we talked about MITS, people think that persons who are receiving SNAP are just persons that are not working. We do have persons. And in the Virgin Islands, our poverty rate is higher than the national average. Yes, it is. So we do have persons who who are working or need, need food. So our program is providing and keeping food on the table and ensuring that they're able to purchase nutritious meals for their family. Yeah, and going forward for 2024, uh, you guys see for the Division of Family Assistance? More success? Yes, lot, lots, lots, lots of success. We are now working to streamline our processes, again, to make sure that the program is accessible for persons. That's, that's our main goal because, again, as I mentioned, we have persons in the community who really need this benefit, and we want to be able to bring that to them. We want to make sure we have healthy persons in our community. I want to thank you and Esteban for coming on. Uh, Leah, is there any final thoughts you guys have for our audience today? Well, I want to encourage all persons who have experiencing financial hardship to come on into our program and apply. You know, we want to dispel any myths. We're here to assist the community, and we want to encourage persons to come on in. I would like to say the same as Bailey, and in addition to that, we're here to assist. Um, I forgot one point that in the issue one's office, we also mail out the cards. Yes. Once they're approved, we mail out the cards. And also, if you can't make it in, for whatever reasons you may have, we do deliver the cards to your household. That's excellent. And we have those numbers up and that website up for everybody who's following us as well. I want you guys to have a wonderful morning. And thank you so much for joining us on Your VIDHS. I'm your host, Ryan Nugent. Thank you. Your VIDHS is a production of the Virgin Islands Department of Human Services.